Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways, episode 103. I'm Jackson, and today I'm gonna talk about how when you pair generosity with dignity, it becomes less about the problem and more about the person. Yeah, and I'm Kyle, and uh, I'm gonna take some time just really talking about some of our missionaries that we support, what uh, what that looks like, and, uh, and how you in HDC can be generous towards that as well. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Kyle, thanks for being on, man. Yeah, 103. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're deep into this no at kidding. this point. This is a thing now at it, 103. Yeah, yeah, it's legit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is your first time on Tangible. Yeah, Takeaways, that's crazy to which think. Which is crazy. Yeah. So welcome. I'm glad to be here. Everybody's happy that you're here. This I, has been long well, awaited. 103 I mean, episodes in. Yeah. The anticipation's and, just been building every here. week. Then, and who knows? Maybe another 103 I have to go by before I get invited back. Who knows? Could happen. Depends. You know, we'll see what we see. <laughs> that's right. Um, man, glad to have you on and excited about just this series that we're doing and GoFund Kingdom yeah. mixed in with that. I think it goes so well with so many of the themes of generosity and Ruth and stuff like that. Um, but what's cool about some of the GoFund Kingdom projects, even one that we looked at this weekend that got highlighted in the message, is their actual connections that we have with global missionaries, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of head that up for us. So yeah. tell us a little bit. We heard about this uh, DDK project. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on with that. Yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, so DDK is the only way we can really refer to them when something's going online or anything like that because they're in what's called a restricted country. Okay. So it's it's illegal for them to be Christians where they're at. Mm. Uh, and I think sometimes we we lose sight of that, you know, because we get kind of caught in our own little bubble that there are close to a dozen countries that you're gonna go to prison mm. if you're a Christian there. Mm. Um, and and sometimes that's the best case scenario. And so they're in one of those countries. Um, I can refer to it as Southeast Asia, and that's it. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so highly restricted country. They have to be very, very careful and strategic on how they do ministry there. Mm. And so you can imagine that the work they do um, and just the toll it takes on them is is pretty heavy. You mm. know, um, they've they've left their family, they've left their friends. Uh, it's very hard for them in the you know the, where they're at, the culture that they're in, for them to connect because they're not from that area. And so um, it's been a long time coming for them to even just make friends there. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and and th- that's starting to happen now, which is cool to see that, but it's it's taken and them- And how long have they been uh, away? Two years now they've okay. been there. So, I mean, think about that, right? You, yeah. you leave your friends, your family to go to a place for two years where it takes two years just to make a friend. Yeah. Um, so so they've, they've dealt with that. They are relatively newlyweds. They've been married a little bit before they headed off. So even that is like a new season of life. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, they, they got out there, they, they got plugged in, they started Started, you know, doing doing ministry. Really, I mean, first thing they try to do, obviously, is make relationships, gain trust. You don't want to just go in and say, "Hey, here's the gospel," because yeah. that'll end you up in jail. Yeah. And so, so yeah, they started, you know, with all of that. But uh, you know, one of the things is the uh, the the K in the in the uh, initials there um, started having a lot of health issues as well. Mm. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, or I'm sorry, one of the D's. The K is yeah. I'm getting them confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one of the D's, they uh, uh, yeah started having the health issues, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's also hard. Now you're removed from your normal source of medicine and medical treatment yeah. and all that, and they're just trying to figure that out. Uh, fortunately, I think they've kind of turned a corner on that, but you know that took an emotional toll on them as well. And I've were, heard. Tell me if this is mm-hmm. your experience as well as you kind of work with our missionaries. 
that that's actually pretty common for new missionaries who 100%. go out into the field yeah. that they almost run into like some pretty high levels of spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Their health goes or finances yeah. or things just start getting really, really hard in those first it's, couple of years. It's, it's to me, I, I, for a long time, I thought that was just kind of ironic. I'd hear that. And then I started to realize like, it's more than ironic. Like this is a very regular thing. Mm. I, I even see that a lot with our folks that get baptized. Mm. It's like right after the baptism is when they get some, some issues in their life, temptations come their way, things like that. And so, yeah, there's something about when you take a big step for the Lord, like the enemy doesn't like that and, mm. and tries to disrupt that any way the enemy can. Mm. And so, yeah, very common with our, our, our missionaries, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so lonely health yeah. issues, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just, uh, and then, you know, you're, you're, you're living a life where you're always looking over your shoulder too, yeah, you know? Anxious. And so, yeah, there's, there's that side of it. So, you know, over the last couple of years, they've just been through the ringer mm-hmm. and we started talking about GoFund Kingdom and, and who are some people that we can try to, you know, partner with. And, you know, last year when we did GoFund Kingdom and even moving into this year, the idea was that we would partner with people that were doing projects, right? Like last year, helping the the Carruthers, mm-hmm. um, that was a big project that they were starting. And so we wanted to partner with them on that. And DDK doesn't have any big project. Um, and, and I thought, man, this is still an opportunity for us to step in and help support them uh, through missionary care. Yeah. And, and that's something that, you know, we... We, we tend to like forget about, you know, we, mm. we, su- we might support missionaries every month financially. We might be praying for them, but things come up where we, we need to go above and beyond. And, and I thought this was a good opportunity to support DDK mm. with that. And so they're going on furlough for people that don't know what furlough means. Uh, missionaries tend to have to come back to the U.S. Um, or at least leave their country every so often for visa reasons and things like that. And so their sending organizations or sending agencies will bring them back kind of gives them some time off. They get to connect with their their family supporters and, and family and all that. Yeah. Um, and so so they're coming back on furlough and it was like, man, let's let's get them let's get them some help. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, they've got they they need a lot of counseling. They need some some time off and to just kind of decompress. And they they had this uh, when I talked to them about that, they had a, a thing in mind that their agency partners with that is a good kind of retreat for them and, and whatnot. And so it was like, yeah, like this is our GoFund kingdom right here, yeah. you know, at least this section of it. And so we got them connected there and um, trying to raise raise funds for them to do that. So hopefully, you know, we're praying about that, that they will be able to land there. It's a, it's a, I think a three or four week retreat, but, awesome. um, but yeah, they get to decompress, they get to get counseling that they need. Um, and, you know, our, our hope and prayer is that obviously God, you know, rejuvenates them in this and kind of reignites them and gets them excited to go back yeah. out there. We know they're going back out there again. Like that's not even in question. It's how are they going to go back out there? Yeah. What's, you know, what condition are they going to be in? What condition? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, so yeah, that's, that's one side of it. The other side of helping them also in this is, um, they are, because they can't be openly Christian there, they need a reason to be there, right? Mm. You, you can't just get a visa saying I'm here to do ministry. They, you'd get kicked out of that country real fast or even just turned around. Yeah. And so, so they do a lot of um, like humanitarian stuff and whatnot, and uh, they are getting licensed with uh, like as an NGO, okay. and uh, and so there's a big process to that. There's a lot of fees. There's a lot of training, and so part of GoFund Kingdom is even going to help them with that, so that when they do go back, like they go back with uh, some some official capacity, yeah, and some significant tools in their belt where they are mm. are recognized as a, a vital part of the community out there, not just 
Westerners that are living amongst us now. Hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. It'd be really cool. It'd open up a lot of different opportunities for ministry in the long run for them. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving us some insight to that project. And if you want to give to GoFund Kingdom, man, it's right there on the front page of our website. It's a hundred thousand dollar goal towards nine projects. So would encourage you uh, just to go check it out. You can read about all of these projects and uh, give as you're led to, but uh, we're excited about it. It's going to be cool. And one of the things that I think is cool about Uh, that particular project is it really goes towards some of the things that we see active in Ruth chapter two, this idea of Boaz going to great lengths to make Ruth feel safe. Mm -hmm. I think that that's such a cool uh, aspect to the story, something that we don't talk about a lot, uh, really got brought to the surface in a really good way this Mm -hmm. weekend. I think that that might be challenging for us though, as we're listening to that and we live here in the high desert of Mm -hmm. Southern California where our lives are not like DDK. It's not illegal for us to be Christians, right? And so we might look at our oikos and we might say, man, who who around me doesn't feel safe? Like at that question, we might be like, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. So what would you say for somebody who's looking to apply some stuff from the weekend? What would you say there are some maybe practical ways that we could bring safety to relationships that we have? I mean, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting question too, because when you think of safety, there's a lot of different types of safety, yeah. like physical safety, emotional safety, even spiritual safety, I would say as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, how do how can you help people feel safe? You know, I, I think regardless of whether it's any of those three, physical, emotional, or, or spiritual, honestly, I think relational equity just plays a huge part in that. Mm. Um, and and I've used that a lot, in, especially like with uh, with growth groups and whatnot, you know, growth group leaders have to develop relational equity with their group members. Yeah. Um, because they're they're gonna be they're gonna find themselves in a position to maybe hold somebody accountable or to, you know, and, mm-hmm. and if, if again if if I don't know you and you come up to me and you start telling me that the way I live my life isn't godly or whatever, right? Or even just try to give me advice. I'm like, mm, who are you? You mm-hmm. know? But now all of a sudden, if, if we've done life together for a while and I know you and I trust you and I've 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 got this like proven track record with you. And you come to me and you say, hey, Kyle, like the way you said that to that guy, like kind of not not cool. Like I'm like, shoot, man, thanks for letting me know. Or just a, hey, let me give you advice on something. I'm like, yeah, speak into this, please, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I think naturally our guards drop and we feel safe around people when we know them and when we trust them. And mm-hmm. I think all too often, especially Christians, we, we find ourselves maybe stepping into situations and trying to give advice and trying to correct or trying to hold accountable Devoid of relationship. Yeah, devoid of relationship before Mm. we've ever even built relational equity with somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point, right? That's where that starts Mm -hmm. is the, um, you don't naturally just feel safe with somebody out of the blue, right? Right. There's going to be certain levels of investment that go Mm -hmm. into that. I think about, I think a lot of people that we're probably all in relationship with, their lives are probably running at a really high clip and they're really tired and worn out and that's not this like oh my gosh i'm i'm in danger Mm -hmm. but it's at the same time what drives us to run at that clip there is some lack of feeling of security or safety that we continue need to need to fill the void mm-hmm. with activities or more work or whatever. And I, I think when I think about the safest people in my life, the people that feel safest, they move the slowest. Mm. 
And I think that that's an interesting thing for us to consider as I want to be a person. I just love it. It made so much sense in Ruth and in the message that part of being a follower of Jesus means that we are going to bring not just this great news of the gospel, not just a transformed life, but there is genuine safety Mm -hmm. and probably physical safety least of all in following Jesus. But there is genuine safety in every which way. Even my physical safety for all of eternity, Mm -hmm. I'll 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 dwell secure. But um, in all of it, I have this great safety in being connected to Jesus where, you know, there's these great ideas in Romans 8, you can't take this away from Mm -hmm. me. That's how safe I am because it's so ingrained into who I am and it's unshakable that you you can't take this away from me, what I have, this stability, this security. And so I think about, man, how could I become somebody who's a little slower? Mm. Because I think that that brings this feeling of safety. When I am just like on my phone, checking the notifications on my watch as I'm talking to you, <laughs> you're not gonna just like ah, like right. melt into my presence. You're gonna be like, what's he doing? Yeah. Do I have things going on on my phone? Uh-huh. It just keeps the busyness running yeah. between us yep. versus like, it's okay. Yeah. Like we can just be present right here. I'm not thinking about the next thing. I'm not moving on. I'm just with you. Yeah. I just read a really, finished reading it, a really good book called Crazy Busy by mm. Kevin DeYoung and talks a lot about that and mm. how we fill our lives with a lot of really good things, but we sacrifice some of the great things because we're so busy doing good things. And so again, we're not always filling our stuff with our life with bad things, but we do fill ourselves with a lot of good things with family and even ministry and things like that, where we're just going a million miles an hour and we forget to just take that breath and, and even reflect on the fact that we are secure in our salvation. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I think we, we sometimes get confused with what, uh, that safety actually means in Christ. I think sometimes people hear that and they think like, oh, my life's going to be easy. Like yeah. the temptations are going to go away. The trials are going to go away. And it's like, I'll be actually, comfortable. yeah, Jesus actually says the opposite's going to happen. Yeah. And so we, we, we start to think like, oh man, because all this stuff is happening, I'm not safe in Christ, mm. but it's because we have the immediate in our mind and not the eternal in our mind either. Yeah. And I, and I think that when you, do zoom out and you remind yourself because that's what the gospel should do the gospel should always be zooming us out to the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and as i do zoom out to the bigger picture i feel so much immediate safety and peace right like the the perfect peace is not a future peace it's a peace that i get to live in right now Mm -hmm. because i have peace with god yeah and my own actions can't take that away from me. Like my sin can't take that away from me. Nobody else can take it away from me. I have peace with God because I have faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that is, there's such joy there. There's such security there. And so there's so much that we can have now. It's not going to look like this immediate deliverance from all of these things that are uncomfortable for us. Exactly. Yeah. But there is so much when you zoom out and you realize, man, it doesn't matter what's going on right now in my world. I get to approach the throne of grace with confidence. I wouldn't want anything else, right? Like right. I wouldn't trade that for anything else because I have the most supreme access to God mm-hmm. that anyone's ever had because I'm hidden in the blood of Jesus. That's it. And that's enough, right? Right. Like, And as, as the gospel zooms us out, it just kind of settles our spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think, man, that should make us such a 
present people, such as secure people. And as we are that, I think our just very presence will feel safe to people because it feels so different from everybody else who's busy, distracted, anxious, all of those things. When that's not true of our presence, Mm -hmm. that just stands out. It's different. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought another interesting point this weekend in the message was this idea of generosity great Mm -hmm. love that boaz is generous we're getting this opportunity to be generous with gofund kingdom uh and this kind of just idea of generosity woven throughout all of ruth but what boaz does so tastefully is he ties generosity to dignity Mm -hmm. and still allowing her she showed up to work yeah he allows her to continue to work and he just is generous in what's offered to her through her work Mm -hmm. but as i thought about that i thought man that has got to be I I don't know what most of our interaction with generosity looks like, right? We've got maybe GoFund Kingdom, Mm -hmm. maybe this obedience of tithing, Mm -hmm. maybe, um, maybe we give something occasionally to somebody who's on the, on the corner of a street at a stoplight. But what does it look like to pair generosity with dignity? How do I, how do I do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think you, you, you summed it up pretty well there about this idea of with Ruth, Boaz still, let her work. He, he could have very easily just said, Hey, just take a load off, go sit over there and I'll give you everything. Yeah. Um, and that would be nice. I think Ruth would have sat back and went like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, when we do that, one of the things that we, we tend to forget is, uh, is God's characteristics. And, and one of his characteristics is that, that God works. Mm. Um, we, we see God work in the creation and he is still at work in his creation. He's at work in your life, my life, everybody's lives. Yeah. Um, and, and yet we were created in God's image. So mm. we were even created with the, the God, the godly image of work and yeah. to, and to provide and to, to, to earn, you know, like our incomes and things like that. And so, and work um, is pre-fall. It is it's not right. A, yeah. It's not because of sin. Nobody thinks of that. Yeah. Like in creation, like everything's perfect. There's no sin. And what does God give Adam? a job, yeah. like tend the garden, right? Yeah. And now granted, work was very different for Adam. He didn't have the thorns and thistles and frustrations that we experience now because of sin, but yeah. he still had a job, like even to this day. he wouldn't have been fulfilled. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's why I even say, you know, we tend to think of heaven as like this uh, eternal retirement life sitting, yeah. you know, at Sandals, Jamaica on a beach for the you know rest of eternity. But no, I truly believe that we'll each have a role there. We'll each have a job. Yeah. Um, without frustration, without, you know, toil and all that other kind of stuff. We're going to absolutely love what we do and, yeah. and find the ultimate fulfillment in it. But, you know, we still are called to reflect that here and now, even though we do have challenges. And, uh, you know, I, I get when we start talking about, you know, helping people, being generous to people, but also not necessarily always just the empty handouts. Mm. Um, Sometimes the topic can get brought up like, well, what about somebody that has mental disabilities or physical disabilities Mm. and they can't work? Mm. Um, Like, what then? And it's like, well, I I don't know. I mean, there's obviously unique situations for sure, but I I even think of Rainbow Acres that that we support also. um, Such a great example. Yeah, and and our junior hires going there this summer. It's gonna be so cool. And and for anybody who doesn't know what Rainbow Acres is, it's a live-in facility for adults with physical and mental disabilities. And, uh, you know, one of the things they're, they're not called residents there. They're called ranchers, Mm -hmm. um, because they're on a ranch and they have livestock and they have crops and gardens and all this. And, uh, and to go there and and watch the ranchers work the ranch, Mm -hmm. like 
go and, and harvest, like plant crops, harvest crops, take care of the animals. A lot of them get lined up with jobs in town, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so cool to be there and see that like gratification they get out of that and that mm. fulfillment they get out of it. Um, there was a gentleman there, I was talking to him and he said he worked at the Safeway, uh, the grocery store in town. Yeah. And I said, how long you been working there? And I'm expecting to hear like six months or something, 25 years. Wow. And that dude, I'm like, you can run that place at this point. And he's like, yeah, maybe, you know, yeah. <laughs> but like, as he's talking about his job and, and how he can, you know, provide for himself when most of his life, people were just giving him handouts. Mm. And now all of a sudden he's got this fulfillment. So it's super cool to see like that in full circle and see how, you know, uh, giving people the opportunity that maybe sometimes society doesn't give them the opportunity yeah. um, to, to, to live out that, that image of God in their own lives is, it's just really cool. And, and it's just a blessing to be able to see that even from my own vantage of going there and visiting with them and, and whatnot. So I'm excited for our junior hires to get a taste of that as well. Yeah. And I think that's what makes so much sense when you have that deeper view of poverty that we talked about in week one, yeah. right? I And people have to understand this. We're not, first of all, we didn't even use our own definition, but we're not redefining or really even properly defining poverty in the sure. first place so that we can have some cop out for helping people. We're no. not trying to get out of helping people. Right. We're talking about what the real problems are though, mm -hmm. because everybody has seen an example of very tangibly, you can just be handing people money mm -hmm. and we feel good in that moment because it feels like, oh, well, we're helping and we're fixing the problem because now they didn't have food, now they can go get food. Right. And there's a very real sense of that, right? Absolutely. People who don't have access to food, we want to get them access yes, to food. Yes, 100%. But at the same time, their issues run much deeper mm -hmm. than food. And we want them to not just be people who have access to food, but who live a fulfilled life. That's right. And that fulfilled life is gonna be connected to relationships. It's gonna be connected to an opportunity to work. That's yeah. part of human fulfillment. Right. And it's gonna be this really deep reconciliation in all of these areas of their life, not just in the fact that they didn't have a house before, now they have a house. They yeah. didn't have food before, now they have, a ho now they have food. Those are good things, but if we stop there, they yeah. will still find themselves in poverty mm -hmm. because poverty was not about, well, if I could just get enough handouts, I wouldn't be experiencing this. It's there is relational breakdown. Yep. There is emotional breakdown. There's even this lack of feeling safe and secure. All of those things contribute to poverty. Yeah. And similarly, I think the Rainbow Acres thing is just so beautiful because you've got so many people there who would be the first ones to tell you, mm -hmm. this is some of the first time I've really ever felt fulfilled in my life yep. because they grew up with their parents doing yes. everything for yep. them, their siblings doing everything for them because nobody else kind of knew what to do with exactly. them. And it's almost more work to tell you it is. and teach you yes. how to do something for yourself than Absolutely. it is for me to do it for you. But now they're getting to experience this fulfillment of being able to carry some of their own weight mm -hmm. and they can't do it all on their own, but they get to carry more than they ever have before. That's it. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. You even talked about, you know, just that how generosity and the gospel actually go hand in hand. And in the missions world, I, I've seen this mistake made a bunch of times because humanitarian efforts are, are big in, in missions. Yep. They are for sure. Um, but sometimes that's the only effort. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was speaking to one of our missionaries that HDC supports, and he was talking about they had sent a, a, a long-term uh, couple into a village in Papua New Guinea, and that all their research told them, like, 
these people have never heard the gospel. Like they're an unreached people group. We got to get to them. And so this couple gets there and the, the villagers, there were like, no, we, we believe in Jesus. We know about Jesus. And they're like, what in the world? Well, come to find out there was a short-term missions team that had gone through there with soap, which is desperately needed in this part of the world. Um, and just said, if you accept Jesus, like you get soap. And they were like, sign me up. Right. And then they just left. And so like they, they had no real understanding of the gospel. They had no, like, but they had a limited supply of soap. They had, they got their soap. Right. Yeah. And so now these, this missionary couple is like, Oh, we have way more work to do. We have mm -hmm. to like undo some of the damage that was done just by this handout, mm -hmm. which was needed and, and beneficial, Yeah, but it was devoid of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so like really they ended up spending twice as much time there, um, in terms of years, yeah. uh, just to be able to kind of undo some of the mess there that was mm. created um, so that they could accurately share the gospel with them. Yeah. And so like we talk about that happening in other parts of the world, but it can happen here too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then I think about, man, what does that look like? How does that change the way no, we're not generally in relationship with the person who's asking for money on the street, but how does that change the way that we interact with either them or man, thinking about other people in my Oikos who are right. They, maybe have hit a hard financial time right now with inflation and things mm -hmm. like that. And obviously my first thought would be, oh, well, I could, I could probably, as a family, we could probably support them, give them some money or something. Right. But is there, is there a way that I can get creative and say, but what would be fulfilling for them? Not just mm -hmm. helpful for this one. And there are those totally, there are those moments where it's like, they just need help right now and yeah. I need to be helpful yep. and that's it. Yep. But then, if this is a long-term ongoing thing, they're not going to make rent over the next six months. Right. Do I own a business? Can they come and work for me mm -hmm. part-time? Like yeah. what are, what are some other options that we right. can factor in here beyond just here's a handout yep. because that dignity component I think is the truest form of generosity because mm -hmm. it, I'm thinking about you. I'm not thinking about the problem. Right. That's what I think is so powerful about that generosity that's just like meeting a need is like, well, there's a problem and I'm going to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. But then when it's generosity paired with dignity, it's like, I'm really considering you more than anything. For that's sure. what matters the most to me is that you are fulfilled and that right. you experience this again, reconciliation to some shalom in mm -hmm. your life. And I think that that's, that's the generosity we want to strive for. Yeah. And where does that most naturally happen? in relationships. Yeah. It's very rare that that happens. And I'm not saying, cause I've had plenty of times where there's somebody on the street corner and, and I truly feel like God's telling me help that person. Yeah. Not my place to argue at that point. Yep. Like whatever this, this guy or gal uses this money for, that's on them at this point. But I know God's prompting me to do this. And I've had plenty of times where I'm like, yeah, I like, I can't help this guy that much. I can give him five bucks, but again, it's devoid of the gospel. It's devoid of any real long-term help. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, the real long-term help always happens within relationships, mm -hmm. you know? And I think when we think of generosity, we, we narrow it down to tithing and giving money to the guy on the street corner. Yeah. And it's like, man, there's so many other opportunities for us to be generous in our lives, especially with the people that we know and love. Um, and it doesn't always have to be finances, kind of like what you were saying, yeah. you know? I mean, how many times have people been generous with their, just with their own schedules? to make time to, to go be with somebody who just needs somebody to hang out with, you mm -hmm. know, um, that, that requires a sacrifice on our end the, yeah. to, to exercise that generosity. Because again, going back to being busy, 
man, my schedule's full. I gotta, I gotta remove things to make time for somebody else. Yeah. And that's a sacrifice. That's yeah. me being generous. And so, you know, we, we need to be mindful of that as well. Um, I, I like the, the phrase, we, we've used it before, um, that we're typically generous with our time, talents, and treasure. Mm. Like when you can sum it up in those three things, like you realize you don't have to just be generous financially. There's a lot of other, even going back to Boaz and Ruth, yeah. right? He was, he was generous to her in a financial aspect as well. But as the story unfolds in the weeks to come, yeah. we'll see wh- where his generosity goes. Yeah. And, and it's more than just financial. Yeah, totally. And it's so, like, I love the, the even time element. I'm, my rooted group uh, for our serve project, we went to the Sterling Inn. And yeah. that was oh, so man, cool because so you talk about a different kind of poverty the yeah. elderly experience that from this lack of relationships and this lack of connection. And so mm-hmm. being able to go hang out with them, we did reverse trick-or-treating and oh, that's cool. brought them candy and stuff like that. It was just really fun. Um, but so cool just to spend time with them, connect with them, hear their stories, mm-hmm. and just, again, bring back some dignity. They have yeah. they have great stories to tell. They've lived great lives, oh, and yeah. we want to honor them in that and recognize that. And so there's just so many of those opportunities that I think when we talk generosity and maybe you're in a tough financial spot, you're mm-hmm. thinking, man, I'm barely tithing right now. Like, yeah. how can I think about giving to GoFund Kingdom? Right. Or, but man, you could give a Saturday to Sterling Inn. And yeah, that is a sure. whole different way to be generous. And it is still incredibly generous. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many opportunities before us. I think this has been a, a great time of the year for us to consider what that looks like in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So appreciate your insights. Yeah, no, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully I'll come back for another one that's yeah. not 103 yeah, more episodes away. Yeah, we won't make away. you wait 103 <laughs> episodes. I, I understand why you were a little reluctant to bring you know, me on. Yeah, I could be a wild gotta, card. You got to have a consistent track record yeah. before you bring Kyle it's, on. Yes, you know? for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 103 felt safe enough. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, No, that's all we have for this week. We hope it's been uh, a helpful episode for you. And as always, don't forget, if you've got something that you're taking away from the message, we'd love to know there in the comments. Don't forget to like the video and subscribe so that you get future videos as well. That's all we have for this week. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.